Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. Several Western towns, children rarely got tooth decay. Why? Their drinking water contained fluoride. Now, after years of fluoride research, Procter & Gamble proudly announces triumph over tooth decay for everyone everywhere as it brings you Crest Toothpaste with Floristan, its exclusive fluoride compound that's far superior to fluoride alone. Here's how Crest works. Crest with Floristan actually combines with and strengthens tooth enamel to lock out decay from within. Yes, with Crest, you and your family will have far fewer cavities. Your teeth will be strengthened against decay, and regular Crest use will keep them that way. Crest helps keep your teeth beautiful, blocks out bad breath as no other toothpaste can. Start now to triumph over tooth decay. Get Crest with Floristan. World's greatest weapon against decay. Greetings, hushlings, and welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And as always, we're joined by our dental assistant, Slick Frog Sanders. I love fluoride. I love fluoride. Do you guys like the dentist? I hate the dentist. I like leaving the dentist. I don't like going to the dentist. My feet, my teeth always feel nicer after I leave the dentist. I like the dentist. I never could understand people that hate the dentist. I don't get it. I don't like somebody, uh, some stranger's hands in my mouth. That's That's what I don't like about it. I've had some pretty horrible experiences at the dentist, so I don't like the dentist. I do like nitrous oxide, though. That's good shit. <laughs> Inside little balloons deep in the forest. Season eight, boys. I cannot believe we've made it 71 episodes plus all of our extras. Seems like only two weeks ago, season seven ended. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Time's flying. Time is flying. In today's debriefing, we'll be exploring the fluoride in your water, the pros, the cons, the history, and absolutely everything in between. But before we give you all the fluoride stare, just want to remind you, as always, of our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. How wonderful. You know, boys, I was actually thinking we should probably get rid of Facebook and or Twitter or Instagram or all of them. We should just go on some sort of Russian social media network. Just go rogue. Nothing that's owned by the Zuctilians. Nothing that's owned by the Elon Musk. Somebody start a new social media. We should just start Hushbook. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming at you. But until somebody goes and writes code for a new app, you can find us there. And don't forget to check out the one-stop shop of Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. That is hushhushsociety.com. You can find all of the episodes, including this one, as well as merchandise, blogs. You can leave us a review, which we would appreciate so, so much, as well as the links to the social medias that Mike had just mentioned and the direct link to our video portion of Rockfin. 
Yeah, and once you go over and absolutely violently click on that link, it will take you over to, like Dave said, our video over at Rockfin. It's the only place that you can actually watch us do our show. And why wouldn't you want to check that out? I mean, if you've been listening to us since the start and you've still never seen our faces, it's got to be something scratching at the back of your head like, hey, let me go see those guys. So definitely hit that link. Check us out. Hit subscribe. Watch the videos. Enjoy. Slam that subscribe button like your stepmom in a gangbang. <laughs> well, Hushlings, grab your little cup. And meet us in the sink of the back of the classroom in elementary school and uh, do a little swishy with us. We've all heard some sort of argument as to why fluoride might be bad for you. But before we jump into any conspiracies or conclusions, we need to get an understanding of what fluoride is and how it got to this point. Fluoride is a derivative of fluorine, a chemical element that can be found on the periodic table. It is the lightest halogen, and in its pure form, it exists as a highly toxic, pale yellow gas. Fluoride is created when the salts from fluorine combine with minerals in soil or rock. At first, sodium fluoride wasn't thought to be the pharmaceutical grade additive we've all come to know. In fact, before we knew it as beneficial, quote unquote, it was just another industrial waste byproduct of the aluminum, steel, and phosphate fertilizer industries that were booming in the early 20th century. Hmm. Phosphate. For the aluminum industry, the sodium fluorine waste was a huge problem. Manufacturers were forced to stop dumping the waste into rivers, lakes, and landfills because it was poisoning farmers' crops and making livestock sick. Francis Ferry, chief scientist for Alcoa or the Aluminum Company of America, had a solution for this issue. He commissioned General Cox, a researcher at the Mellon Institute, to conduct research regarding the benefits of adding fluoride to the nation's water supply. The Institute published numerous reports assuring the masses that fluoride was in fact non-toxic and could be beneficial to add to our drinking water for healthier teeth. So does it really help teeth? I guess to an extent. It's naturally existing in our bones, so it's mm. already there in our teeth, fluoride. It, it exists naturally throughout the world in plants and in animals. It's a naturally occurring substance, like we said. When that gas interacts with minerals and rocks, calcium in particular, fluoride is created. We get into some of the official benefits of fluoride later, but yeah, I guess to an extent it does have benefits. They just don't outweigh the negatives. Because I've opinion. cycled back and forth from non-fluoride to fluoride toothpaste over the years. Yeah. Not sure what's doing the better work. Also, let's not forget that the dental industry is actually a huge scam. Yeah. Yeah, just like the health industry as a whole is just mostly a scam. Speaking of scam, not going to out them. I should. But there is a dentist I went to. That gave me a crown on a tooth that needed a root canal. So take the tooth now because you're going to have to take the crown off, do a root canal, and then recrown it. And they charged me like 3500 bucks for it. That is like the epitome of sweeping it under the rug. 
So it's the notion about it being beneficial to our teeth and being added to our drinking water. This was the frequent solution for many large manufacturers at the time to contact the Mellon Institute and have them produce research and studies that would support said industries. For example, for decades, the Mellon Institute was paid to conduct research that claimed asbestos was safe and did not cause cancer. Safe and effective. Suspicious. How true is that of literally any study that is paid for by any conglomerate or major benefactor that is giving you millions or billions of dollars to get a result that they want? Everybody's going to lie. Yeah. I mean, let's look at COVID. Oh, Pfizer. The synthetic fertilizer industry of Florida had a very similar problem with their waste. Up until the 1970s, byproducts of fertilizer production, such as hydrogen fluoride gas, which is incredibly toxic, and silicon tetrafluoride gas, were vented into the atmosphere, giving Central Florida some of the most noxious air pollution in the country at the time. There's the explanation for everything going on over there. Yeah. Oh, fuck Literally that. just destroyed Florida. I've heard a lot of stories about this and that, um, especially when it came to Alcoa and the surrounding area, when they were releasing fluorine gas into the atmosphere, it was killing local livestock. And then Alcoa went and had a bunch of settlements with surrounding farmers where they were pretty much just paying for these dead livestock. But it eventually like fucked up the surrounding town. They were unable to do work. They were unable to plant crops. They were unable to do pretty much anything. And then it eventually became like a real big issue with the health of the people of the town. So fluorine is, is a serious issue. It didn't make it into this because there's so many incidents like what you're explaining, but there's this place called Denora, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And that's the one I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah, dude. Twenty people. Twenty people died as a result of the toxic smog that was coming from the steel plants, and autopsies and all of them showed crazy amounts of fluorine in them. And fluorine was—I I won't say it was the cause of death necessarily, but a culmination of all of those pollutants, obviously. But yeah, fluorine was a huge part of it. Not even just fluorine. You drive through the southern portion of Jersey getting like into Philadelphia, like you can just smell that's chlorine, but like you can smell the chemicals in the air. I couldn't imagine living in one of those houses that you the iconic houses you see across the I don't know if it's the Schuylkill River, but you see them all with the the Christmas lights on in the winter. I couldn't imagine what you're breathing every day. And I'm sure no matter where there's a major population or anywhere. These plants are everywhere, and we probably have no idea where they are. Yeah. I'm sure those people that died had really good teeth, though. Throughout the 1960s, complaints from farmers and ranchers about the pollution forced the hands of the manufacturers of the phosphate industry in Florida. These companies had to buy pollution abatement scrubbers that converted the toxic vapors into fluorosilicic acid, which is still an incredibly dangerous compound, but this process made it a containable liquid, not so much a vapor that they were just dumping into the atmosphere. 
The U.S. National Institute for Occupational Health, or OSHA, warned that this compound, this inorganic fluoride compound, has terrible health consequences for any worker that comes into contact with it. Breathing its fumes can cause severe lung damage or even death, and a tiny splash of it on bare skin can result in gruesome burns. You ever had an acid burn? No, luckily. You were never the dumb child in our generation where you took salt in an ice cube. Oh, is that an acid burn? Because I did that. Isn't a sulfuric acid or like a hydrochloric acid burn like you can actually put down using salt it, like it fucks your skin up it hurts doesn't feel i did good. all those challenges yes i was one of those dumb i still am i'm one of those fucking dumb kids that do, yeah i do that shit future of america <laughs> yep yep to protect workers from the dangers of the acid it was stored in high density polyethylene tanks and for the past 60 years it's been in these tanks that the acidic waste byproduct containing fluoride has been transported from Florida fertilizer factories to water reservoirs throughout the country. That one paragraph just sounds absolutely fucking ridiculous. Aren't those the same barrels that are like the blue plastic they put chemicals inside of? Very similar, yeah. You're, you're thinking of the same thing, yeah. Yeah, hazmat barrels. Cross-linked chambers. Yeah, that's what the cartels put bodies in with acid. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Nice. They mix them up. Turn the butter. Yeah, they mix them up. <laughs> Just like this. Now, once it's there, it's drip fed into drinking water. Simple as that. It is a practice that American Dental Association, along with scientists and public health officials, describe as the, quote, the precise adjustment of the existing natural occurring fluoride levels in drinking water to an optimal fluoride level for the prevention of tooth decay. End quote. Hold the fuck on. We're worried about teeth and not anything else. So they're taking chemical waste byproduct, putting it in these barrels, then slowly IV dripping it into drinking water and claiming that it's a health benefit. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. It's, it's, it's for the good of humanity. It's safe and effective. That's, that's like taking uh, yellow cake uranium or spent uranium rods and fucking liquefying them and sticking them into IVs for cancer patients and saying, yeah, that's what we do. That's good. It works. I mean, that's that's realistically, that's what chemotherapy is. Yeah. Just injecting your body with radiation, hoping that it kills cancer cells, but it also kills healthy cells, which is why a lot of people say that fighting cancer with chemotherapy is kind of counterintuitive. That's a whole nother show. Got to yeah. be brutal. Now, another huge proponent of the safety of fluoride at the time was scientist Harold Hodge, who was later revealed to have been a key player of the human radiation experiment of 1945 to 1946, which consisted of injecting subjects with plutonium and uranium. Oh, How nice. Shit. <laughs> it's like that Simpsons episode, you know, with the, the glowing um, Mr. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he was out in the woods and they thought that he was an alien. He was covered in, in toxic waste. Yeah. <laughs> Hodge was also the chief toxicologist of the Manhattan Project. How fitting. The creation of the atomic bomb. Little known fact, fluoride was the key chemical in the production of the atomic bomb. 
Massive quantities of fluoride, millions of tons in fact, were necessary for the manufacturing of the bomb-grade uranium and plutonium to be used in nuclear weapons. Amazing. That's another facet of more waste that industries had to get rid of. So it, it wasn't just the alloy industry, steel, aluminum. It wasn't just agriculture with the fertilizer, but it was also the this production of atomic bombs creating more waste that they had to figure out a way to recycle, essentially. <laughs> what are we going to do, Frank? Are we going to put some <laughs> of the waste in nuclear bombs and some of the waste in toothpaste? <laughs> Here we go. What the fuck? <laughs> Send a whole bunch of it to Japan. Twice. <laughs> wow. Hodge's studies, like the rest that propped up fluoride to be beneficial, were conducted with a bias towards proving fluoride to be safe, which would protect the government and manufacturing industries from lawsuits. At the same time, the research resulted in a multi-billion dollar industry that enabled manufacturers to sell toxic byproducts to local municipalities for a profit. The research done to support water fluoridation was underwritten and funded by the following companies. Aluminum Company of America, Aluminum Company of Canada, American Petroleum Institute, DuPont, Kaiser Aluminum, Reynolds Steel, U.S. Steel, and the National Institute of Dental Research. It's all industrial, and then you have dental in there. It's so weird that that gets mixed into To give it legitimacy. Yeah, something, yeah. something had to make it valid. Nine out of ten doctors said it was safe, Dave. Nine out of ten dentists recommended this for us. Then I believe it. A hundred percent. It's safe and effective. With the research and studies complete, all the manufacturing industries and government needed for the public to accept fluoride was some good old-fashioned propaganda. And who else to better run campaigns than public relations mastermind Edward Bernays? Hey... Tavistock coming back around. That's that boy. That's that hey, boy. Hey, hey, hey. Social engineering. Social engineering. So before we go any further, if you haven't picked up on it, Hushlings, fluoride is not a good thing. Even if it was a good thing, think about it this way. Why would a bunch of steel and aluminum companies pay to have these studies done to prove that it's good for you? If it actually was good for you, they wouldn't have to uh, they wouldn't have to go out of their way for it. Well, our good old friend Edward Bernays created the PR campaign to sell fluoride to the nation as an additive to water. He emphasized quotes like recommended by your doctor and dentist for healthy teeth. We've all heard these. He was a modern-day propaganda pioneer, as we've spoke about him before, who leveraged the theories of mass psychology and persuasion to suit the needs of corporate and political organizations. What a guy. Fun fact, Bernays also created a ton of pro-tobacco propaganda using similar doctor and dentist endorsements to persuade the public into thinking that smoking was good for you. Quick question. Uh, mm. Do we know if wine is, is good for you? They keep going back and forth with that. I heard it's good for your heart. I've heard it's good for you. In small doses. But I also heard fluoride was good for you until I looked into it. Yeah. Who's telling the truth? 
But then again, I know multiple like people that are very close to 100 years old who drink wine very frequently. The first release of fluoride into the nation's drinking water took place in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Interesting, because Flint, Michigan is having massive issues for years about their drinking water. And it was on January 25th of 1955. 107 barrels of fluoride were delivered there, where city technicians began tipping them into the water supply. Grand Rapids was to serve as a, quote, test city for five years, and tooth decay rates would be compared to neighboring unfluoridated communities. Yikes. I wonder if they did similar research to see if cancer rates went up or if other types of diseases sprung up over those five years. No, of course not. They were just worried about your cavities. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just worried about your chompers. The practice of adding fluoride compounds like sodium fluoride, which is a steel, aluminum, and agricultural byproduct, and other acids like phosphate fertilizer byproduct has become a staple of the American health policy since the 1950s and continues to be supported by government health agencies, dentists, and many other medical and scientific communities. They got us good. They got us good, yeah. boys. Yeah. So they have found nothing new or nothing incriminating against any of these things since the 50s, huh? Hmm. Well, some agencies spoke out, but they were spoken over. Like the, the EPA had shit to say. Other doctors and independent researchers had shit to say, but obviously... The boys with the big bucks were playing at the table and they wanted nothing to do with them. So we have better dental records than anybody. Statistically, is that just because we have better dental technology now, not just fluoride, but the cancer rates have gone up, thyroid injuries and whatnot? Could that be from just fluoride itself? I mean, fluoride's a neurotoxin in itself, right? I think the spike in cancer rates also have to do with our diets and processed foods and those ingredients. You're not only drinking that water, you're showering in it. Mm. You're brushing yeah, your you're teeth with it. it through, your, through your skin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Currently, about 372 million people receive artificially fluoridated water in about 24 countries. Some include the U.S., obviously, as we're speaking about it, Australia, Ireland, Singapore, and Brazil. Most Western European nations have largely rejected the practice of water fluoridation, and interestingly enough, those nations have seen the same decline in tooth decay that the U.S. has seen in the past 60 or so years. It's easy to see why there's such a stir about this subject. As a matter of fact, since the 1950s, there's been a relentless debate over whether there's any real reason to do this. Early conspiracy theorists believe the fluoridation of America's water supply was a communist plot to weaken our public health. Also to uh, destroy our pineal gland, correct? Mm, mm, mm. Mm, we'll get there. Mm. But yes, yes, the spiritual destruction of America. Others argue on a more moral and ethical ground, stating that nobody ever voted or chose to have this in our drinking water, so technically it's being forced on us against our will. Furthermore, from an economic standpoint, our tax money is being used on something without definite proof of benefits. And speaking of benefits, we should probably go over what the medical and dental institutions in 2023 have to say about specific benefits of fluoride and where we can get our next dose. 
According to the CDC, the primary sources for fluoride intake include drinking water and fluoridated communities, most toothpastes, beverages, and foods manufacturing manufactured using fluoridated water, supplements, as well as other dental products like mouth rinses, gels, and foams. Realistically, it's almost impossible to avoid, even if you were to get bottled drinking water or have fluoride-free toothpaste or, or tooth care products, you could also be ingesting products that were made with fluoridated water, but you don't know that those products are made with fluoridated water. All you can do is minimize your exposure. You can't eliminate this stuff from getting into your body. It's impossible. It's 100% impossible to take in no fluoride. You can just, if you choose to do so, you can minimize it as much as you'd like to. It's going to be expensive and it's going to be a pain in the ass, but you can reduce your intake. And you can't even go out in the wilderness and like, live off the land and collect rainwater because it's coming from the atmosphere because they've vaporized it and it's going into the atmosphere all the yeah. time too. Yeah. That's also illegal, Dave. We don't do illegal shit around here. <laughs> Fucking government rainwater people. The actual benefits of fluoride are obviously not entirely agreed upon due to inconsistencies in studies and research. Our buddies at the CDC cite the following benefits. Quote, Fewer and less severe cavities, less need for fillings and tooth extractions, and less pain associated with tooth decay, end quote. Other reasons for fluoride use that are often boasted but not backed up by science include preventing gum disease such as gingivitis, preventing osteoporosis, stopping plaque buildup, and extending the amount of time a child has their baby teeth. Weird. That one's weird. Holding on to your baby teeth for dear life. Suck on this fluoride rock. Yeah, here. Chew, chew on this fluoride pacifier so that you can keep your baby teeth forever. You know, I was thinking about the other day and I was wondering about this. It, it's such a random thing and it was such a random thing to pop into my brain. So I get bottled water, as probably most people do. And I was looking at the sources of, the, of where the water comes from. How sure are we that these sources of water are actually coming from the sources that they're saying, A, and B, how do we also know that once that water is collected, that it's not fluoridated before it's put into bottles? It is fluoridated. They add minerals for taste. There's your shit. The fluoride is the minerals? Probably. It's, I mean... I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, think about it. If you're going off of the basis of stop and shop water, I could be wrong, but the last time I saw a stop and shop bottle, not local to me, like Poland Spring, it's not actually from Maine. And then you go to like the stop and shop brand water is out of the Midwest. So you're drinking train derailment water too, <laughs> Shit. you know, and how long has that been happening? Also like Walmart water, Walmart water, it comes from Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like Bentonville, Arkansas, where Walmart is from. So are these people just fucking filling bottles with just tap water? It's it's all tap water. There's no such thing as fucking spring bottled water. It all has to do with what they do to that water afterwards. And like you said, who's to say that they don't purify it some way, right? So one of the best ways to purify your water to eliminate fluoride is reverse osmosis or distillation. 
So every time I go get a like bottle of water at the gas station, your boy's thirsty. I go for that good, good reverse osmosis water thinking, oh, there's no fluoride in this. But who's to say they're not adding that after they purify it, right? And there's really no telling. They're not going to put it on the ingredient list. It's not like an ingredient necessarily. Minerals for taste. Minerals for taste. Yeah. Especially when most of those companies are owned by Coca-Cola and Nestle and all those other fucking huge conglomerate companies. BlackRock. You might be asking yourself, how do I know if my child or myself is getting the right amount of fluoride? Don't worry. The CDC has already thought of that. They got you on the mind. If your child is among the more than 200 million Americans who receive their water from a community water system fluoridated at the optimal level, and if you follow instructions for your child's toothbrushing, your child is receiving the right amount of fluoride to prevent tooth decay. That's from the CDC. Hold on. So you're so if you brush your teeth normally, mm-hmm. which is normal, normal mm-hmm. toothbrushing practices, on top of the fluoride, You'll be fine. You're good. So wouldn't just the brushing your teeth be okay, but the fluoride's just an added measure to get in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And I wonder how much they have also adjusted the levels of fluoride now that there are these fluoride-free products that exist. You think they're ramping it up? I- I'm just wondering, you know, because, okay, so for me personally, like all of our dental products are fluoride-free. Mm. Tom's and yeah, natural stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And every time I've gone to the dentist, I've never had an issue. Never, never in my entire life. Makes my kid has never had an issue. He's always had fluoride free. We never have issues going to the dentist. So I wonder how much of that is fucking bullshit. Or like I said, they're ramping up the amount of fluoride that's in the actual water And how many people are using bottled water or filtered water or reverse osmosis water to brush their teeth? Nobody. Everybody's doing it out of the sink. So you're still getting that fluoride. So maybe that's why it's still good. The people that brush their teeth with fluoridated Colgate while in the shower, that is like triple fluoridation right there. You are getting a mega hefty dose. And then they rinse their mouth out while they're in the shower. with the shower water. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what would happen if I stopped drinking water? You'd die. <laughs> Just turn into one of those people who drink zero water and only Coca-Cola. Hey, there's still water in that. Dude, those people are just like an anomaly. They're a gem. A gem amongst the population. If you are a person who solely lives off of soda, please hit us up. We want to know. What is life like for you? Is it difficult? Now, the CDC doesn't necessarily quantify how much is enough or too much. They don't tell you. But if you're wondering, depending on your age, 0.1 to 4.0 milligrams is the suggested daily dose to properly prevent tooth decay. That's depending on your age. So whether you're like 1 to 3, 4 to Mm 7, 7 to 12, and then like 12 to adult. The yeah. teeth are teeth. <laughs> You're right. You you've got <laughs> you've only got so many of them. Yeah. Unfortunately, the list of side effects and health risks associated with fluoride far outweighs the benefits. 
the first and least detrimental effect being dental fluorosis. This is when a child is exposed to high concentrations of fluoride while the teeth are still developing, resulting in small white streaks or spots in the enamel of the tooth. Excessive exposure to fluoride can also lead to skeletal fluorosis, a bone disease that results in pain and damage to the bones and joints. This disease hardens the bones, making them less elastic, increasing your risk of fractures. Throw the fluoride in. We'll suck the bone marrow right out of you. <laughs> so how are these kids getting too much fluoride? That's what I'm wondering. Like, are they going to the dentist and just being over-fluoridated? Or are they drinking mass amounts of tap water? I don't... It's in the toothpaste, right? Are kids still getting that fluoride rinse, like, once a month? Like, that shot? Oh, the one that you got in school, like you mentioned. Yeah. You mentioned that and I was like, what the hell is he talking about? But then I thought about it and I do remember that early, early in elementary school. But yeah, I don't think that they do that anymore. I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. I know that my son, when he goes to the dentist, they uh, they try to do the fluoride on the teeth. And I was telling him like, no, he's good. Don't worry about that. Like, why does he need that? That's another thing. He's going to lose those teeth. Why are you so worried about it? To, to make them last longer, to, to really get your money's worth out of them. So you can be a full-grown adult with baby teeth. Yeah. <laughs> like some terrifying adult swim animated character that comes on the TV <laughs> at 2 a.m. Fucking chiclet teeth. In some cases, excessive ingestion of fluoride can damage the parathyroid gland, which is responsible for controlling the calcium levels in our bones and our blood. The damage to the glands typically results in a calcium deficit in the bone structures and higher than normal levels of calcium in the blood, once again, making you more susceptible to bone fractures and breaks. So just like the opposite effect. It's real fucked up. There are also neurological problems associated with fluoride. In 2017, a report was published suggesting that exposure to fluoride before birth could lead to poorer cognitive functions or lower IQ after the child is born. Ooh, that's fucked up. The researchers that conducted the study that this report was written about measured fluoride levels in 299 women during pregnancy and in their children between the ages of 6 and 12 years old. They also tested the cognitive ability of the children at the ages of 4 and between 6 and 12. Across the board, those with higher levels of fluoride were associated with lower scores on IQ tests. Now, there's countless studies like this done primarily in the United States and in China, and pretty much across the board, it's those same results. So fluoride would, is the direct culprit for this, or is this just allegedly? It's not allegedly. Those in the study, those with higher fluoride levels had lower IQs than those who had lower fluoride levels. Maybe it's why we're all getting fucking stupid by the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and there's a lot of people that think that. There's a lot of people that are convinced of that. It's like adults are getting dumber and dumber by the day. And it's like, what is that? It's, oh, it's 45 years of exposure to fluoride. Yep. <laughs> Hence the commie plot to weaken mm, America. Mm. How much of that is also passed down from mother to child? 
you know, father to child, whatever it may be, that build up inside of a 30 something year old. And then she gets pregnant. She's got high levels of fluoride in her. She's also intaking fluoride while she's pregnant. That child comes out with certain fluoride levels and so on and so forth. As they grow, the cycle just keeps perpetuating itself. How much is that affecting generations as you go on of people that are exposed to this fluoridated water? Mm. I don't know how much it would affect a generation line necessarily. I'm sure there are some dumb people that have some real smart kids and vice versa. Although I do think from pregnancy to birth would be important. So if a mother was ingesting a lot of fluoridated water and taking fluoride supplements and eating whole bottles of toothpaste during her pregnancy, then yeah, the child's (laughs) going to come out not the smartest cookie of the bunch, you know? But I'm saying over a period of time, in that example, a mother is overfluoridated, the child comes out overfluoridated, and because of that fluoride in the child's body, it lowers the IQ. Now that IQ, lower IQ, follows throughout that the life of that person. And as they're taking in more fluoride, that's happening, that's happening. I mean, it's like you say, you know, there are dumb people that have very smart kids. But again, those fluoride levels are also carrying off to their offspring. From mother to child, maybe. I'm not sure how fluoride translates to sperm fertilizing an egg. I don't know if that... Everybody swims backwards. <laughs> it's going to be the new thing. It's like unvaccinated sperm. It's going to be like, ah, unfluoridated sperm. $4,000 a load. <laughs> per load? It's $3,500 a load for unvaxxed fucking shot. So, you know. Imagine unfluoridated load. I'm going to put it on Craigslist, see what people's wo- people are willing to pay. You might get some bites on that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Hushlings, we will return after these brief messages. Greetings, fellow members. We descend into the earth and explore some of humans' largest secret complexes that have been constructed underground. We ask why these military and government installations were built, where they're located, and how many there could be. Allegedly, there may be more than 10,000 underground military facilities worldwide. Are they built to house the elite and the powers that control the nation during a major disaster? Like nuclear war, could the government know of an impending cataclysmic event? An imminent comet impact? A pole shift? We dig deep for our 72nd debriefing. Streaming everywhere, Monday, April 24th. In Dumb's Deep Underground Military Bases. Hushlings, we'd like to let you know that Rockfin is officially the home of the new Hush Hush Society video content. It is the exclusive home to all of our debriefings, declassified discussions, and all of our video content. It's very easy to go over there, rockfin.com forward slash Hush Hush Society, and you can subscribe to our channel. And be sure to check out our website, the one-stop shop for everything Hush related. There you can find all of our blogs, our audio debriefings, links to our merch, as well as all of our social media links. Lastly, if you love our show and want to support us in becoming a better podcast, look us up on Patreon. We've got a ton of exclusive content over there for only $5 a month. 
That's www.patreon.com forward slash hush hush society. And as always, Hushlings, we would welcome you to leave us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere that you're able to leave us a rating, including our website. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. One question that I have, if somebody minimizes their fluoride intake, does it dissipate or does it stay in the body forever? According to tests on rats, yes, it does dissipate. And yes, you can reverse the effects of fluoridation. Okay. Come get these clean loads. (laughs) 4K a pop. In 2014, fluoride was officially documented as a neurotoxin that could be hazardous to child development, along with 10 other industry chemicals. That was something else I was going to ask. If this is happening with fluoride, this has got to be happening with a ton of other shit, including lead, arsenic, toline, and methylmercury, most of which can be found in trace elements in our public drinking water as well. According to to the International Association of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, an organization that campaigns against the use of fluoride, it may also contribute to the following health problems. Those including acne, cardiovascular problems, including arteriosclerosis and arterial calcification, high blood pressure, myocardial damage, cardiac insufficiency, and heart failure. Reproductive issues are also listed, such as lower fertility rates and early puberty in girls. The list goes on to mention other health problems like thyroid dysfunction, osteoarthritis, and bone cancer. That's just a massive list of all the things that go wrong with you. Looks like I'm just drinking Sierra Mist. Filter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Lastly, on the uh, scientific documented mal effects of fluoride is fluoride poisoning this is when you're exposed to very high levels of fluoride and it can lead to abdominal pain excessive salivation nausea vomiting seizures and or muscle spasms now you will not get fluoride poisoning just from brushing your teeth or drinking the tap water it's more likely to happen in the event of an accidental contamination to you know your your work environment if you're one of the guys that's putting fluoride into uh, water reservoirs or something like that, and you fall into the vat of fluoride, you're going to get fluoride poisoning. The United States National Cancer Institute toxicological program has found fluoride to be an equivocal carcinogen. However, the idea that fluoridated water can cause cancer is unfounded. It's to be noted that bone tumors in male rats surfaced when given high levels of fluoride. Other studies in humans and animals have shown no link between cancer and fluoridated water. The amount of studies that have been conducted that result in data that goes against mass fluoridation is staggering. Robert Carlton, former EPA scientist, even went as far as saying, Quote, fluoridation is the greatest case of scientific fraud of this century. End quote. Until COVID. (laughs) (laughs) What a knee slapper. I don't want to hit too hard. I might break my bones with all this fluoride. (laughs) (laughs) It's been argued that the only official statements from medical authorities, mainly the CDC, suggest that fluoride is safe and effective. Where have we heard that before, boys? 
1999, the EPA headquarters of the Union of Scientists stated this quote. Quote, Our opposition to drinking water fluoridation has grown based on the scientific literature documenting the increasingly out-of-control exposures to fluoride, the lack of benefit to dental health from ingestion of fluoride, and the hazards to human health from such ingestion. These hazards include acute toxic hazard, such as to people with impaired kidney function, as well as chronic toxic hazards of gene mutations, cancer, reproductive effects, neurotoxicity, bone pathology, and dental fluorosis. Oh, wow. End quote. So maybe maybe you hit the nail on the head with the gene mutations. Maybe this is bloodline shit, man. It's got to be doing something to your fucking DNA. The fucks your IQ up. Hmm. Part like like you said, dumb people make smart people and smart people make dumb people. So there's something to the DNA when it comes to the IQ. Smart people make smart people. Dumb people make really dumb people. It happens. But throw this uh, byproduct in the mix and you got the perfect cocktail. The perfect cocktail for a stupid society. Well, think about it. If it's a communist nation, whether it's China or Russia doing it to us, what a perfect plan to Mm. fucking destroy 400 million people. Yeah. Biological warfare. Yeah. Yeah, over the course of decades. Scary stuff, man. You know, it feels like everything is fucking trying to kill us, man. It is. It's a bad, bad world. It's a bad world full of a couple good people. Stay inside, Hustling. Stay inside. Get your fluoride shots. This is a call to arms. Get to the compound. We're not a cult. The asteroid is coming. Everybody get your knife. <laughs> Fuck. There was also the discovery that fluoride accumulates in high levels in the pineal gland, or the third eye. This discovery was made by a British scientist named Jennifer Luke in 1997, more than 50 years after fluoride was first introduced into American tap water. According to Luke's research, calcium levels and the quantity of fluoride in the pineal gland are strongly correlated. Fluoride buildup produces phosphate crystals, which harden into a thick shell around the pineal gland known as calcification. The pineal gland becomes inactive or underactive once it's been calcified, causing a decrease in melatonin production. Dude, I can't sleep at all. I'm fucked. My pineal gland is hard as a rock. It's not too late, Dave. (laughs) We can come back from this. Got to invest in reverse osmosis water. Okay, I've heard it's really not good for you to only drink reverse osmosis water. In case you guys weren't aware, melatonin, it's vital and is produced and secreted as it's supposed to maintain our circadian rhythm or sleep-wake cycle. It also regulates the start of puberty in females and helps to protect the body from cell damage. The body can't perform these essential functions when the pineal gland is not releasing any or enough melatonin, causing the body to experience a domino-like cascade of events. So you don't sleep, you become irritable, and you go to the doctor, gotta buy drugs, Ambien, and then all of a sudden you took too much with a, a little bit of brown. It's just, it, it seems like a, a cycle. Let us fuck you up and let us fix you, and we're all gonna profit from it. These byproduct companies profiting from getting rid of this stuff. And then on top of it, it 
ruins us and makes us dumb and hurts us and doesn't let us trip balls on DMT anymore because our pineal glands calcified. And now we're uh, dependent on pharmaceutical drugs. It's just a, it's like a life cycle of a disease. The one part about this that stands out to me is the regulation of the start of puberty in females. Now, the reason that I point this out, and I don't know if you guys have noticed, but in recent years, puberty, not only in females, but also in males, has kind of jumped up in age or decreased, I guess, whichever way you look at it. It used to be that teenagers would hit puberty in their teens. Now, all of a sudden, you're seeing a lot of kids hitting puberty a lot younger. Could this be a correlation yeah. to that? Or obviously, in mix with diet and a bunch of other lifestyle things that obviously could play a part in that. But just one thing that kind of stuck out to me, especially with the trends mm. as of the past couple of years. You know, one thing I noticed like 10 years ago, a little bit more than that, I was using my old high school track. I was going with my friend and we were running on the track doing, you know, a bunch of laps. And then I realized, you know, when you have like some of the, the football team would practice in the middle of the field. And I realized like these kids are 16, 17. These kids are fucking UFC fighters. They're shredded. They're like compared to when we were in high school, when athletes were they were athletes, but they weren't like grown ass men at 16 years old. Could that have something to do with it? Like you said, it could be nutrition, could be, you know, sports science on top of that. I don't want to credit fluoride to making that happen by dropping HGH. Yeah, it's probably what it is. Kids are doing fucking HGH. (laughs) I, I agree with you. I don't think it's necessarily just fluoride that's making kids hit puberty earlier. I do know that girls go through puberty at an earlier rate than boys. And I'm sure there's a ton of different variables as to when a girl hits puberty and when their hormones start to change and so on and so forth. I'm not an expert on it, so I can't tell you what those variables are. But I'm just curious, were there like sports enhancing elements to sports drinks and energy drinks like creatine and B vitamins and taurine and energy drinks and shit when you guys were like, teenagers i feel like bang really like brought that into the industry like there's there's creatine and bang which is realistically a a sports enhancing drug Mm. right and you've got 11 year olds 12 year olds pounding down creatine so like yeah they're they're gonna be jacked and that's gonna do stuff to their hormones uh, inducing early puberty probably back then it was pretty much just red bull and monster that was like the Those were the two. It's like now you could look back on it and you could say, wow, there were only a couple back then. And now hundreds of them probably. There's a bunch of energy drinks that are on the market and more and more coming out every day. And they do have more shit in them and more product and more whatever the fuck. It is kind of targeted towards teenagers, college kids. During peak development. The pineal gland is unique in the way it absorbs fluoride apart from anywhere else in the body. First off, it's located outside of the brain-blood barrier, directly exposing it to the fluoride that flows through your blood. The gland also holds the second densest capillary network right after the kidney. 
This results in a lot of contact with blood through the large amount of blood flow through the connecting capillaries. And lastly, the pineal gland holds the highest concentration of calcium out of any other normal tissue in the body, essentially making it a magnet for fluoride. So it's just there to get fucked by fluoride. It almost seems like too perfect of a scenario for it to be a coincidence. It, in my opinion, it makes it seem like it's targeted, like it's it's set up perfectly to intake this shit. This came about right when Paperclip happened, too, in the 50s, late, late yep. 40s, 50s. Who's to say that we have all the studies now from the 50s, but who's to say that this wasn't happening to Germans in mm. the 30s and 40s, even before that in their tap water system? So I'm sure they were doing it to their own populace. If it was some of these scientists that came over that very well could have been that implemented this. Maybe it's not a communist nation. Maybe it's Germany that's getting back. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to know what the actual results were of that study of that Michigan town for five years after introducing fluoride into it. What changed? It couldn't have just been dental health that changed. There had to be some other change that happened physiologically with people within that town. I don't know if they looked beyond dental health. Who decides that we're, you know what, Grand Rapids, we're going to fuck them up. I'll have you know, Gr Grand Rapids, they were stoked about it. At first, they were hyped. They were like, this is America. We've got some awesome, you know, government. They're looking out for us. It's because it was sold as a benefit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They all believed they were the first to get this real awesome new thing. That was also back in a time where Americans believed in their government. Mm -hmm. You know, no, nobody questioned their government back in the 40s and 50s. They looked at it. Oh, grand old America. Hey, nationalism at its best. We just saved the world. The government's telling us we don't have to brush our teeth anymore. Just drink more water. <laughs> <laughs> now, as we're talking about the calcification of the pineal gland, it's worth mentioning that there are separate health effects when the pineal gland calcifies that are entirely separate from just normal fluoride side effects. When less melatonin is being produced, obviously your sleep will be impacted in a negative way. As the calcification worsens, poor sleep could eventually turn into insomnia. This has been solidified through a 2021 study out of Canada, which reported, quote, higher water fluoride concentration significantly associated with increased risk of reporting fewer hours of sleep, end quote. Could the fewer hours of sleep be contributed to just cell phone usage too? technology in itself? It could be, but when you're making less melatonin, it's fact that your sleep will be irregular. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's many factors, I'm sure. Okay. But Dave makes a good point. Cell phone usage or any kind of like technology, TV screens, things like that, that fucks with your circadian rhythm. And that's why they tell you like, oh, don't watch TV. Don't look at your phone two hours before you go to sleep. Matt Landman talked to us about uh, the blue lights and, you know, mm -hmm. this, just the street lights themselves can cause you to not sleep well. You know, unless you have blackout curtains, it's going to be really difficult for you to get a 
solid night's sleep in itself. As we mentioned before, hitting puberty early is also a side effect of the calcification. In the U.S. and Canada, children are reaching puberty at earlier ages than ever before. The very first published fluoridation safety experiment based in Newburgh, New York, I know where that is, supported the claims of early puberty. The researchers found that girls living in a fluoridated community reached puberty about five months earlier than those who lived in a non-fluoridated community. Some suggest that the risk of breast cancer rises when the pineal gland calcifies. This would be due, again, to the lower amount of melatonin production. The chemical plays a key role in fighting and stopping the spread of different types of cancer, but it has a unique effect on breast cancer cells. Hmm. Melatonin is able to disrupt estrogen-mediated pathways, resulting in a reduction in estrogenic stimulation cells. And in plain English, what that means is that you have decreased amounts of melatonin that would had strip the body of the ammunition that it needs to decrease breast carcinogenesis. Damage to the pineal gland is especially detrimental in a spiritual sense. According to some, the gland is the source of clairvoyance and intuition and the seat of the soul, like we said, the third eye. But proline and DMT are produced and secreted by a healthy and active pineal gland, both of which are psychoactive chemicals that are responsible for causing changes in perception, mood, consciousness, cognition, and behavior. It's also worth mentioning that DMT is considered to be the most powerful psychedelic substance known to man, and you're also supposed to secrete it on an exponential level right before you die to probably make passing uh, more fun, I guess. Maybe that's why everybody says that they feel so at ease with people that have had NDEs before. Mm. I can tell you from my experience of getting defibrillated in a ambulance and have a third degree heart block and almost dying. I felt great. Might've been the drugs, but it might've been the pineal gland. Who knows? It's believed that DMT is released in near death experiences, as we just mentioned, and may explain the enhanced spiritual connection and awakening that takes place within an individual after such an event. In Hindu and Buddhist religions, it is believed that the pineal gland or third eye is essential for meditation for inward and outward growth throughout one's lifetime. Essentially, this suggests that the fluoridation of water may be intentional in an effort to suppress and dull the third eye, restricting a human being's connection to the spiritual aspects of existence, taking us farther from God. You don't need heaven. Just stay here. Drink the water. Heaven, heaven is in the water. Just one sip. The water cult of hush. We don't have Kool-Aid, but we got really good water. Luckily, there may be ways to slow the calcification, if not reverse it entirely. A recent 2019 study shed light on this process exactly. The researchers in this study took four groups of rats, all of which were raised on food and drinking water that contained fluoride. Group 1 was the control group and was analyzed on day 1 of the study. Nothing was changed with Group 1. Group 2 was given a fluoride-free diet for four weeks. 
group three was on a fluoride free diet for four weeks and then four weeks of water with fluoride while group four stayed on the fluoride free diet for eight weeks. Now at four weeks, the pineal glands from fluoride free animals showed a 96% increase in supporting cell numbers and at eight weeks, a 73% increase in the number of piney allocytes, which are the main cells contained in the pineal gland compared to the control animals. While the number of pineallocytes and supporting cells in animals in group three who were given a fluoride-free diet for four weeks, but then given fluoridated drinking water for four weeks, were no different than the control group who never went on a fluoride-free diet. They pulled the fluoride from these animals, got them better, put them back on a fluoridated diet, and it's like they never went off of it in the first place. But again, this is with rats, and like we mentioned before, fluoride caused cancerous tumors in male rats, and there's been no links to cancer and fluoride with humans. Maybe we could take this with a grain of salt, or maybe there's something profound to learn from that study. I'm not sure. While the researchers did conclude that a fluoride-free diet encouraged the increase of pineal gland cells and growth of the pineal gland. While consuming fluoride stopped and even reversed previous growth. Hmm, see, there you go. Very interesting, very interesting. A conspiracy theory is not complete, hushlings, without some sort of reference to Nazis, of course. Welcome to the Hush Hush Society, season eight banger, baby. This theory traces its roots to the breakup of the IG Farben after World War II. IG Farben was a German chemical engineering company with links to the Rockefellers, American banks, and Ford. Henry Ford, you anti-Semitic fuck. You son of a bitch. All assets of IG Farben in America were held by a holding company, American IG Farben. Listed on its board of directors was the president of Ford, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, the president of New York Standard Oil, and the director of the Bank of Manhattan. Kellogg's, DuPont, and Colgate all signed agreements with IG Fairben to form a cartel of sorts. We can technically just call it a cartel. After World War II, the United States sent a chemical research worker, Charles Perkins, to take charge of the chemical plants in Germany. The German chemists told Perkins of a scheme they used to control the population in a given area through the use of sodium fluoride used in German and Russian prison camps to make the prisoners dumb and docile. What the fuck are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much that. Farben had created plans during the war to fluoridate occupied countries. Jesus Christ. (laughs) as it was thought to cause damage to the brain. The end result being, quote, that the individual was unable to defend his or her freedom, end quote. Fluoride is one of the most antipsychotic substances known contained in a quarter of all tranquilizers. I didn't know that. Perkins went on to write, quote, I say this with all the earnestness and sincerity of a scientist who has spent nearly 20 years research into the chemistry biochemistry, physiology, and pathology of fluorine. Any person who drinks artificially fluoridated water 
for a period of one year or more will never again be the same person mentally or physically. Hear that, boys? We're all fucked. (laughs) It's not our fault. Imagine what we could have been had we not ingested fluoride for our entire lives. Imagine what we could have been if we didn't drink water. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we escape the Matrix. They tell us we need to stay hydrated. That is the way to escape the Matrix is to just pop open a silicon packet and just down it. Fucking swallow it. Every sticker pack now comes with a silicon packet that you can take as a shot. Hushlings, although this all seems very depressing, which it is, but eye-opening, there are things that you can do to avoid fluorine and fluoride if you feel some type of way about it. First off, avoid unfiltered tap water. That's just number one right there. You can basically just assume it's fluoridated at this point. Avoid drinking soda, juices, beer, and wine, as all of these are genuinely made with unfiltered tap water. And keep an eye out for labels that specify purification using reverse osmosis or distillation, which will remove fluoride contents. But again, like we mentioned earlier, what they add after that process, you don't know. You can even go as far to purchase dental hygiene products that are fluoride free. The list goes on and on as to how you can live your life while minimizing your consumption of fluoride. We here at the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour are not trying to tell you how to live your life in any way. We're just presenting a few of the options that you can take if you choose to do so. Please research more into how you can do that if, again, you feel some type of way. Or if you're a dumb motherfucker, just keep going. You can't Dude. get any dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Drink that Coca-Cola. By the gallon. Your body, your choice. You do whatever you want. I'm three liters of mountain lightning. Sheesh. <laughs> All right, hushlings. Let's get into our favorite section. Reddit. Let's go. Uh, user Simply Amazing Eleven, great name, posed the question, quote, if government cares about our teeth so much, then they could have gave us free dental checkups and treatment, or could have mailed us toothpaste every month instead of adding fluoride to drinking water. They make a valid point. That is a very valid point. That's just a no-brainer. There's no arguing against that. We also stumbled upon a post from user Lane Dash that stated, quote, I've discovered that I was unknowingly a part of a test group for government programs when I was a child. I found a document containing details of a worldwide milk fluoridation program. The UK milk fluoridation program was first tested in my hometown with free milk every day in school at the ages of 4 to 11. He continues to say, we used to receive free milk every day in school, like Frank said, from the ages of 4 to 11. It's disgusting to think that this program was directed at naive children who have no knowledge of the dangers of fluoride consumption and no way to know that they were part of an actual experiment. Now, there is a document that you can go check out. We could put the link. It's from semanticscholar.org that shows about all of the locations and details of fluoride programs that were carried out throughout the world. The milk thing is very, uh, very weird. 
I kind of always questioned why children are always pushed milk in school. And is that just for growth? Because as far as, so as far as my son's pediatrician, she would say when he was younger, when he was a baby baby, yeah, give him whole milk. He needs to gain weight. You know, it's kind of like a, you know, put weight on the, on the kid type of thing. Then they scale that back to like 2%. And then they say, okay, don't give him too much milk anymore. We're being told this as he's three years old. So now why, when you are four to 11, that elementary school age, that middle school age, are you being pushed this milk every day? Development. But how much does milk help in development? Giving it as being detrimental to development to that age group, giving them the extra shot of milk. Milk's made for baby cows. It's not meant for people, but we drink it anyways. That's why people are lactose intolerant. We can't break it down right. It's probably why there are so many monstrous human beings that could play into my comment earlier of why kids were mm. larger at younger ages too, because they pounded whole milk. Like, it would make sense that they put it. Now, is it being put in the milk after the milk uh, or is it being injected into the cows or are the cows drinking unfiltered water? The cows are obviously drinking unfiltered water. Yeah. Here's your Brita filter. You have you seen the shit slop that cows have to drink? I don't want to sound like a PETA activist or anything, but dude, them troughs are disgusting. Did you know they also, I think Mars has a contract with farmers that they actually send like, if an S on a Skittle is misprinted or there's no S on a Skittle, they send them to farms and they feed the Skittles to cows because it's an extra sugar <laughs> shot. What? Mm-hmm. Skittles out here doing God's work. Why wouldn't the farmers just save them up and give them to their kids? <laughs> well, hushlings, let's get into our final thoughts about fluoridation. Declassified Dave, what do you got? I'm never drinking water again. Uh, this is this is wild. Uh, this is one that I've known a little bit about before we decided to do this topic, and it definitely was reminiscent of what the Nazis were doing. As horrible and frightening that it's in my own body and our bodies, I don't really know what to do about it other than preventing it. In like small quantities, don't drink water, I guess, and then die that way. This is a real fucked up one, and it really hits you psychologically. It makes you really question about every single thing that you're ingesting. And this is just fluoride. Not even other compounds that you're putting in your body. So for me, this is a scary one. Fluoride. Like I said previously, my dental products are fluoride free. I do drink the bottled water, but again, who knows what's going on with bottled water. As far as the detriment of fluoride, it's undeniable. And then you look at the funding behind these studies back in the 50s and these test subjects essentially back in Michigan, and then the fluorine poisoning in Pennsylvania and throughout the country. You see that big steel and big aluminum and these huge manufacturing companies are behind the push to try to, to make this normal and to turn this into a positive, and they really tried hard. And it's kind of weird to see that this 
essentially a, a waste byproduct is being twisted and repurposed into something that's supposed to help your teeth. It's very odd to me. I personally don't think that fluoride is good for you. Maybe in moderation, but even then, what realistically is moderation and how often are you supposed to do that? We're all getting it daily, no matter what we do. There's no way to truly 100% avoid it. All you can do is kind of mitigate the things that you can control and do your best. Hopefully you're not that uh, that dumb at the end of the day. Slick Frank Sanders, welcome to Season 8. Give me your final thoughts on fluoridated water. Frog's final thought. <laughs> you have become the Molly Wap band. <laughs> yeah, I am shocked and appalled. I am absolutely disgusted at how this series of events unfolded. You can't even say that going into this, was there any thought of this being a benefit to human beings? It started as a waste product of manufacturing companies that they needed to get rid of. It was a very expensive problem for these industries, and they actually figured out how to make money off of that expensive problem. And that solution was feeding it to us, convincing us that it was a good thing. We went through the detrimental effects of fluoride. Uh, quite obviously, it's not great. This isn't doing you any favors. Like we mentioned, like m maybe in small moderation, maybe before it was put into the water supply, right? A little bit at the dentist here and there was an okay thing. Rebuild back up your enamel if you weren't great at the dental hygiene sort of deal. But odds are, yeah, this is terrible for humanity. It could be a commie plot. It could be to suppress your third eye. I don't know what the motive is, but bottom line, we're all ingesting industrial waste. That's what's happening. It's the same thing with byproducts like seed oils, too. Yep. Yeah. It's made as a lubricant. Certain group of people eat that shit up, dude. They love that shit. Mm. They're like giving their babies flax seed oil in a bottle instead of formula. <laughs> Take the fluoride rinse, too. <laughs> well, Hushlings, that is going to do it today for fluoridation. What did you think? Was there anything that we missed? Anything that we should have discussed? Did we solidify our pineal gland and smack our heads up against the concrete wall and say that we're super smart? Reach out to us. You can find us at our email address, contact at hushhushsociety.com. Thank you for coming back. We welcome you as always. Just want to get into what's coming next for us. We have an AMA episode that is coming out, and we would deeply appreciate any questions that you have for us, anything that you want to know about us, uh, literally anything, top to bottom, personal, uh, about the show, conspiracy. What type of toothpaste does Mike like to use? There you go. Hey, I'll bring it on. Make sure to send us any of your questions and anything that you want us to answer. And that'll be happening later this month. And be sure to join us for Debriefing 72 as we continue our journey through the conspiratorial world and the mysterious depths of dumbs. Yeah, you heard me.
dumbs. Deep underground military bases. And that will be streaming everywhere April 24th. And a message to our patrons. As always, another exclusive debriefing will be available this month. This time on April 20th, 420, where us, ya boys, will be coming up with a conspiracy or a cryptid of our own possibly while under the influence some more than others that will be available only on patreon thursday april 20th become a patron because i got a banger for you for that episode (laughs) (laughs) hushlings thanks again for joining us for a premiere of season eight we are the hush hush society conspiracy hour i'm declassified dave i'm mr mike and i'm sliggity frank sanders Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.